The sound on this episode is a little bit shaky at the beginning, but just bear with us because a few minutes in, it clears right up and this information is so important. So please stay tuned. Hi, explorers. Thanks for listening to Kids Who Explore Parent Edition. Come along with us as we cover all corners of raising kids in the outdoors. Hi, I'm Adriana Scori. I'm a hiking mom in the Canadian Rockies, mama to Turner, and CEO of Kids Who Explore. I'm Lauren Rodick Eberly. I'm mom to Collins. We love being outside and exploring between our two homes in Seattle, Washington, and Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Today's Kids Who Explore podcast is sponsored by Keen Footwear, one of our favorite brands for outdoor shoes. Picking the perfect outdoor play shoe has proven to be quite the task from time to time. There are so many features to take into consideration when picking the perfect play shoe, such as being machine washable for those muddy adventures and how well your little one is able to independently put their shoes on and take them off. Keen has endless outdoor play shoe options, such as the Notch Hollow Sneaker and the Targi Sport Vent Sneaker, and not just for kids, but options for the whole family. To find the perfect outdoor shoe for your next adventure, visit www.keenfootwear.com. That's K-E-E-N footwear.com. Brighton Peachy is a wilderness EMT and a mom of three little boys, ages five, four, and one. Her family loves getting outdoors through climbing, backpacking, and mountain biking. They recently converted a van that they will be living in for the summer as they travel across the country. Before kids, Brighton got her bachelor's degree in wilderness rescue. She has worked as an EMT for the last eight years in the ER and has also worked on Salt Lake County's search and rescue team. She teaches wilderness first aid courses to help people feel more prepared going into the backcountry. Thanks for coming on to share your knowledge today, Brighton. Thank you so much for having me. It's so impressive that even right now you hiked quickly to your car (laughs) so you could be here for this recording. Can you tell us about your family and what you all like to do outside together, which I'm sure is likely everything? Yeah, if it's outdoors, we like to do it. But kind of our biggest things are rock climbing. That's how my husband and I met. So climbing is kind of like our biggest thing. And then mountain biking and backpacking are, I'd say, like our second loves. What got you interested in the rattlesnake safety specifically? I am actually terrified of snakes, like super scared of snakes. And I've just been seeing a lot more of them on the trail the last few seasons. And I don't know if it's just because like temperatures are getting warmer or what, but of like a way for me to like deal with my fear was to just learn more about them and like how to handle situations with them just so that I could feel more confident when I came across them and less terrified I guess. Do your kids know that you're super terrified of the snakes or like do you kind of like pretend that like the snakes are like neutral and fine or is it like absolutely not? Yeah, they know I'm scared of them because my like oldest isn't scared at all and he'll try and like pick up any snakey and he'll be like mom look come hold it and I'm always like no, no, like stay far back like no that away so uh, they know I'm scared of them but I try not to like let that like I don't let the fear be overpowering to the point where like it rubs off on them if that makes sense we thought we would start by talking about ways to avoid rattlesnakes and their bites and then we'll just maybe share some of your tips that you've already shared and then you can just expand on them further So for starters, one of the things is to listen for the sound of a rattlesnake. So can you tell us what it sounds like and how you can hear it? And is it clear what direction it's coming from? So it sounds how you would expect. It's definitely like a distinct rattle. And if you've ever seen like a movie with like snakes in it, they usually always have like a rattlesnake sound. 
and it can be pretty loud too. And you can hear it kind of change its like speed or frequency. It can be kind of hard to pinpoint where the sound is coming from, especially if you're in like a rocky area because the sound will just like bounce off and echo. But yeah, it is super important to try and locate where the sound is coming from so that you can obviously avoid going in that area, getting closer to the snake. We were interviewing someone before and they had mentioned that they mostly only saw the rattlesnakes around their house or in their house at one point, I think Lauren, they were saying. Yes. So do you find it's more common on the trail or? Yeah, definitely. Um, we do have them, like we have some trails like kind of down like in the city by like our homes where we see them. And I have seen them in uh, like my friend's backyards, but it's pretty rare. We definitely see a lot more on the trails because Salt Lake is kind of in like a valley. So down in the valley, you don't see very many. But once you start getting up onto that like shoreline or like up the mountains, just a little ways, there's a bunch. Okay. And so when you see one, you stay back and they can strike up to five feet. Is that correct? Yeah. So they recommend, yeah, staying at least five feet back or further because when the snakes strike, yeah, they can get a few feet of distance just in that like initial strike. And then obviously they can slither further very quickly and strike again. So as much distance as you can put between them. Just the word slither. It just like freaks me out. (laughs) Don't do snakes. Is there a certain way that you need to like here? I'm in like their safety mode right now for some reason, but like, do you need to move like slowly or quickly or does that matter? It doesn't matter as much, but the biggest thing is to move kind of back and diagonal because snakes will strike in like a straight line. So if you go kind of like sideways and back, they say that's like the most effective. Sideways and back. Okay. Super beneficial information. And yeah. you were you were just on the news, weren't you, for encountering a bear just on a side note? <laughs> yeah. We've had a lot of like wildlife experiences this summer. <laughs> yeah, I feel like the wildlife is just like attracted. Like what is happening? But speaking of that, your kids were amazing. <laughs> Thank you. I was so proud of them. Do you practice this ahead of time with them with snakes and bears I was so impressed with your kids reaction yeah so we try and I'm just like such a safety nerd so we always try and like teach them like safety and just like the realities of like the dangers that are in the outdoors because we want them to have a I don't know like reality of what could happen we don't obviously want to scare them but we want them to be prepared for like situations similar to that. And uh, so, yeah, we always try and like teach them what to do. And then we'll like refresh with them, like starting out on hikes. And actually the day before we encountered the bear, we had like reviewed bear and mountain lion and like cougar safety with my boys. And I even like filmed this clip that I have, I need to post it, but I filmed a little video of them talking through the animal safety of this is what you do if you see a bear. And if the bear attacks, this is what you do. So, and then I was super proud of my son when we did see the bear, he remembered that and he like remembered oh if this bear attacks I need to play dead and so I think that's part of the reason he was comfortable is because he's like oh I know what to do like I just play dead and it's fine okay and in that clip I mean obviously you are all are fine thank goodness but Mm -hmm. in that clip it just ended and we didn't get to see what happened so did the bear eventually peace out Yeah, we finally lost sight of it. So we're not quite sure what happened to it, but it followed us for about a half mile up the trail, maybe a little bit more. And then we ran into two more hikers and they started hiking with us and the bear still kept following all of us. 
And then we ran into four more hikers. So there was about 10 of us at that point and the bear is still coming. And then maybe about like five minutes, 10 minutes of all of us hiking together is finally when we turned around and had lost sight of the bear. Wow. That is so intense. It was... (laughs) Yeah, I've like seen bear, like we've seen bears with our kids before, but they usually have just never seemed interested in us at all. And uh, usually if we yell, you know, it'll like mosey on off. But this one, no matter what we try, just kept coming. So it was kind of like a really good wake up call of, even though I know all of this bear safety, animal safety, and like what I should do, it doesn't always work. So it was a really good reminder that, you know, not to let your guard down. Yeah, I was watching that video and the bear just like, was just like strutting along, like, whoa. (laughs) not good wow okay so then you've had this bear encounter so have you had like a full-on like snake encounter where it tried to like attack or something a close call with a snake before yeah so we actually had a super close call with a snake just like the week before I posted the snake video and that's kind of what spurred me to do it because my two boys and I or I guess all three of my boys and I, we were hiking and it was kind of like more of like a city trail, I would say. Like it was kind of like right in the middle of the city. We were literally like an eighth of a mile from the trailhead. And my son was running up ahead of me and stopped and he was like snake. And like right at that moment, I looked up I saw the rattlesnake and I grabbed the back of the shirt, his shirt. And it was like a movie, like right as I'm pulling him back, the snake strike, like struck, is that the right term? And it tried to bite his like leg and like luckily missed and we like took off back down the trail. But I was like, before, especially before the bear encounter, that was definitely the most scared I've been in the outdoors with my kids because it was such a close call because my son just wasn't paying attention and just ran up right next to it. And it just went to bite, like bite him. And luckily I was like right behind him and could just like pull him out of the way. But it was definitely, yeah, freaked me out. I guess. Yeah, that's terrible. Oh my goodness. I'm so happy you're safe though. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you've had quite the experiences lately. (laughs) Oh man. (laughs) Okay. So then if you come across a snake, then it's important to not throw sticks or rocks. I feel like this would be probably a really common mistake for people Mm -hmm. to make. Yeah. It's very counterintuitive because you would think, you know, throwing rocks at it would scare it further away but a lot of times it just kind of amps up the snake's aggression and they will kind of go into attack mode and come towards whoever is throwing the things so it usually just draws them in closer than scaring them further back so you definitely yeah just don't want to throw anything at it yeah okay and then I'm I'm in our show notes here and there's some legalities around hurting rattlesnakes too (laughs) yeah and I'm not positive that what the case is everywhere but I know here in Utah where I'm based yeah it's illegal to harass or kill rattlesnakes wow so just let them be and get away (laughs) yeah just um leave them alone (laughs) then we want to alert others if you see one which is always key even with your bear encounter you let the other (laughs) hikers know obviously they could see the bear too but for snake encounters that's very important Can you, do you continue on your adventure if you see the rattlesnake? Can you ever go around it and continue on? Or is it just like, okay, game over, we're heading back? Um, Yeah, if this snake is blocking the trail and there's not a way around, I'll usually just turn around and head back. But if there's a way where you can kind of like go around 
the snake safely with like a good enough distance between you without damaging any like vegetation. Then sometimes I'll keep going, but I don't know. I feel like once you see one snake, it's just like a good reminder that there's going to be more in the area. Um, So if you're in an area where you see one rattlesnake, yeah, the odds are there's probably multiple which I don't know, as someone that doesn't like snakes, a lot of times I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll call it here. Yeah, that's fair. Like, okay. Are we talking like seasonal? Like, is it more seasonal with these snakes or is it like, I guess like winter, they're probably underground or something. I don't yeah. know about snakes. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely more seasonal in the summer. You'll see tons out, but Utah is like a desert. And so if you go just like a little bit further South, you'll see them in the winter time down there. It's a lot more rare though. Summer's definitely like the peak peak snake season for sure. Yeah, Utah's really high on our bucket list, but <laughs> oh, <I'm God>. <laughs> okay. Now can we chat about baby rattlesnakes? So you can't necessarily avoid a baby rattlesnake because you can't really hear them. Mm-hmm. Do you have any advice on that? So when you're yeah, being cautious with snakes, they usually will be hiding in like rock crevices or cracks, or they'll be out sunbathing, usually on rocks. I feel like, yeah, nine out of 10 times I see them that are like on top of rocks. So if I see like any small snake, I just avoid it because baby rattlesnakes are super hard, can't, can be super hard to identify because yeah, they sometimes don't have rattles. And sometimes even just their markings look very similar to other snakes that aren't poisonous. So I usually, if I'm just like scrambling around on rocks or like hiking through a rocky area, I just try and like scan for any movement and just don't put my hands like in any cracks or things where I can't see. And then your story was a really good reminder. Keep your kids close. We always are yes. that for bear safety, but for rattlesnake safety too. Okay. Yeah. So hopefully at this point, we just avoid rattlesnake bites. Yes. But let's say someone gets bit. Let's talk about the steps to take. So first we want to move away so we don't get bit again. And we want to remain calm, probably easier said than done because stress and tension can actually spread the venom. Is that right? Yeah. So the more anxious you get, obviously that will increase your heart rate faster. And the faster your heart is pumping, the faster that venom will pump through your body, which is obviously not what you want. So just staying as calm as you can, obviously easier said than done, but the calmer and more relaxed you can be will definitely help the situation. And just making for, especially like as a parent to uh, try and keep your calm. Cause if you freak out, that will freak out your child and you don't want to like, you know, panic and run over and get bit yourself. And now you aren't able to help your child because you're both bit. So just really like being aware before you rush into a situation. Right. Any tips for staying calm? Probably deep breathing. Is there anything else you've done in these situations? Deep breathing. And then I like to always just focus on like the next step, just like that one little step of like the next thing I need to do and just kind of like focus all of my attention on that. So which in this case would be, yeah, like sitting down and removing any like tight or restrictive clothing and just kind of focus on that one thing because that makes it seem less overwhelming and it can kind of distance you a little bit from like the bite itself. Okay. Yeah. That's good to know. So when someone's infected then with, with the snake bite, you see you're taking off jewelry, shoes, and all that for them kind of thing. So you're getting into action. Mm-hmm. Okay. If, if yeah, you and were you- infected yourself and you were alone, could you remove this restricted clothing or would that quick movement kind of add the stress anxiety to your body? 
Um, no, I would still say, yeah, you should still be able to like remove it because you can swell quite a bit with the bites. And so if you leave on, you know, like any tight jewelry or like shoes or things like that, then that could cut off blood flow, which creates a lot of other problems. So I would definitely say to try and remove the items. Okay. And this is super interesting. Position the bite below your heart. And this again is the venom doesn't spread, right? It kind of just has a, puts gravity on your side and gravity kind of help keep it from rushing faster to your heart. What if the bite is above your heart? So, you know, you got bit on your shoulder or your neck, or your face, any solution? Yeah. For that? At that point, obviously, yeah, you can't really like keep it below your heart. If it was a child and say it was like their shoulder, I would carry them um, horizontally with that shoulder down. Okay. Wow. Very good information. <laughs> so, okay. Then you call 911 or let hospital know you're coming in. Like at what mm -hmm. point, I guess you're calling 911 immediately. Yeah. As soon as you're able to call 911, I would just to get, cause the whole long-term goal and solution or first aid for a snake bite is advanced medical care. And um, so the sooner you can alert help, the better. And not all hospitals carry anti-venom. So calling ahead to, or having EMS call ahead while they're transporting you just to make sure that you're going to a facility that has the anti-venom. And then also the anti-venom, like the medication does take some time to like be prepared and get ready. So that just kind of gives them a heads up so they can start working on that. And I think at least in Canada and the States, even if you don't have service where you are, 911 should still work. Yeah. As far as I've been told, that's what, yeah. So yeah, call, 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 call. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And so there's no way to have like, this might be, this is a really sad question, but like an EpiPen style to take on hikes with you where you're able to just add some anti-venom in to your body. No? Yeah, no, unfortunately not. That would be someone out there listening should totally yeah. hop up. <laughs> Please. Yes. Yeah. There is some like, um, I'm trying to think of what they call it, like venom removers that you can buy that are supposed to kind of like suck out the venom, but they've been shown that they don't really work at all. Like it's not effective. Um, it's just kind of a gimmick. Um, but I do know in Canada, I know your guys' healthcare is different. I do know in the States, the anti-venom is super, super expensive, like $20,000 per dose. And sometimes you need more than one dose. So I think that might be why they don't have a like EpiPen style anti-venom that hikers can take is my assumption but there's no clothing rules around snake bites is there you know I, with ticks it's like okay if you wear long pants and tall socks you're gonna avoid having ticks get into your skin and bite you but there's nothing like that that helps with snakes right not really there are some kind of like gate like super thick rubber gaiters that you can buy um, but I feel like those are more for people that live in like, m like if you're hiking through like marshy or like tall grass areas where there's a lot of snakes, but they're not really made for hiking. Um, I don't think they'd be super practical for hiking, but if you are super worried, um, you could do that. Okay. Okay. So back to what to do. You want to carry or immobilize the carry the person or immobilize the site. Mm -hmm. So like you said, if it was your arm, you could kind of just hold your arm with your other hand. If it's a kid and you can carry them, you do that. Mm -hmm. Any advice if you don't have someone who can help carry the person? If it's, yeah, 
you're not able to carry the person or if it's yourself that was bit, just to slowly start working your way down the trail back to the trailhead because you do have some time before it really starts affecting your body. Obviously, you don't want to be like sprinting, running down the trail and getting your heart worked up because like we were talking earlier, like the faster your heart rate, the faster the venom will spread. But obviously, yeah, if you're alone or the person's unable to walk, um, just to like slowly get them moving down the trail. What is kind of the time frame that you need to be concerned? Good question. <laughs> it really depends on like the person and like how much venom was injected, the person's age, gender, metabolism. There's like a lot of factors because I've heard of stories of people that have had to hike out an hour. And I mean, they start feeling the effects within that time, but you do have some time before your body starts like really wanting to shut down. Okay. I now have a request. If you ever have time to create a video of all these steps in a visual way, I will soak that up. (laughs) (laughs) I will. I'm going to, I want to do a lot more of, yeah, just like different animal wildlife all sorts of yeah outdoor safety stuff so perfect (laughs) we will be following right along with that and I can sense your like for the fear of snakes that you have I can really sense like how calm like you're definitely like an emergency you know I can tell because you're like okay this is what you do and Lauren and I are sitting over here kind of our heart rates have gone up and we're like questioning a lot of things so yeah that's thank you for sharing all this information it's it's really great so back to the bite part so if can you you rinse with soap and water um that's important okay and then now would hand sanitizer be a no-no it yeah it would not be recommended and you only want to wash it with soap and water like on your way to the hospital or once you get to the hospital you don't want to stop on the trail to wash it your first priority is getting to a hospital so you don't want to delay that to clean out the wound but say you're on like a backpacking trip and you're you know a day out from the trailhead then at that point you would want to like rinse out the wound. If all you have is sanitizer, you could put some of that on the area around it just to help avoid prevent any infection. I know we're running low on time. So I just wanted to mention some of the no-nos that you had shared. And if you want to add anything else to them, feel free. So you said, do not suck out the venom. Do not apply tourniquet. Do not apply ice. Do not drink caffeine or alcohol. Do not take blood thinning medications like painkillers. Do not increase heart rate, which we talked about. And do not try and catch the snake. And importantly, do not let the fear of snakes keep you from getting outside. <laughs> yes. Is there anything else you wanted to mention about that? Nope. I think that covers it. Yeah. Don't try and suck out the venom. I feel like most people kind of know that nowadays, but also don't take any yeah, pain medications is a big one because the bites are super painful, especially once the venom starts getting into your system. But pain medications can affect the effectiveness of anti-venom and obviously it thins your blood and exacerbates the poison issue. Yeah, I'm sure that would be a common mistake. (laughs) So any final thoughts today, Brighton? No, yeah, just don't let, I'm like so, so scared of snakes, but don't let that, my advice to other people is, yeah, don't let your fear of snakes or wildlife stop you from getting outdoors because there's obviously, yeah, very safe ways to recreate and obviously the danger is there, but there's a lot you can do to minimize that risk. Wonderful. So where can people find you to follow along and stay tuned for this future video you're going to make for us? 
<laughs> on Instagram and TikTok, it's Brighton Peachy Peach with just a Y at the end. And I share, yeah, tons of tips and advice on adventuring with little ones and lots of wilderness safety and first aid. And lots of fun reels as well with your husband. And yeah, yeah. your page is really fun to follow. I enjoy it a lot. <laughs> we're, we're big nerds. So we like to try and make people laugh too. <laughs> so good okay let's end with our final questions so in the last few months what was your best purchase under a hundred dollars so I got a is it Pembleton like outdoor quilt at on sale at Costco for like 15 bucks I'm sure you can find it online or through their site but we have used it for everything we'll put the kids on it when we're rock climbing like at the crag they can like play on that or picnicking or at the beach it is the best and it's like 15 bucks oh awesome okay can you share a book show or podcast recommendation right now so if you liked this I would recommend a podcast called out alive and I believe it's by either I think it's outsider magazine maybe backpacker but they share tons of really amazing survival stories and they also do like a segment called science of survival so they kind of like really dive down into the science behind like what happens if you get hypothermia or a rattlesnake bite, all these really interesting topics. And it's super educational and really fascinating. Wow. Okay. Downloading that one. And I'm going to have the heebie-jeebies. <laughs> if there was no time or money limit, where would you travel or explore next? <sighs> Probably New Zealand. I would love to just like buy a one-way ticket there and just explore all over. Good choice. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much for being on today and sharing all of this really helpful information. Appreciate it. Of course. Thank you guys so much for having me. Thanks for adventuring with us. Please subscribe and share your love by reviewing our podcast with five stars and follow us over at Kids Who Explore on Instagram and all other social media platforms. This podcast is produced by KP Media Productions.